Hello and welcome to the least heard episode of the Liverpool Way podcast, perhaps ever. Seriously, if you're listening to this, you're one of the hardcore and we love you dearly. Uh, the understrength Reds were beaten in the Europa League dead rubber by Union saint Gerard of Belgium 2-1. And in the immortal words of Forrest Gump, that's about all we have to say about that. We'll be glossing over the evening's proceedings before looking ahead to the big game at Anfield on Sunday against Manchester United. I'm Chris Smith and I'm joined by TLW editor Dave Usher and popping in and out will be John Brennan who had a much more enjoyable evening hosting 40 sets of parents for parents evening at his school tonight. Lucky bastard. Dave, uh, you remember that unreleased Kaiseido podcast that you and the boys did? Yeah. You know, you had it ready to go when he was pictured leaning on Chilin Anfield. Yeah. I reckon more people have heard that than will hear this. That was the deadest yeah. dead rubber of all time. Can we take anything from it? Ugh. No, I think I need to get this out out at the start so you can keep reminding me during this pod just in case I start to get like a little bit carried away with it because we all said win the group get get it over with and who gives a shit what happens in the last game play loads of kids no one cares just just get the group won qualified get it done so we did all that so. It's easy to say all that, but then when you're actually sitting, you're watching the game, <laughs> that kind of goes out the window. And I'm, I'm like, I was watching that tonight, and I was actually getting pissed off at how shit we were. And I had to keep trying to say to myself, "No, look, just it's a shitty pitch. They're not really that that motivated. This is the best team in Belgium. We've got a load of kids playing. Just it is what it is. Just like don't get worked up about it. But it's just hard to not get worked up when you're watching the game." So if we do start taking it a bit too seriously, I think we just need a little reminder of that. Uh, that being said, <laughs> that was fucking woeful. I was like, it was so bad. Um, I think the the disappointing thing for me really is I just expected more from from the kids. I wasn't ex- I wasn't expecting us to win the game. As I said, that's the best team in Belgium. There are no mugs, so. The result wasn't really... It didn't matter. The result was like totally irrelevant in terms of it doesn't matter if we win, lose, draw, whatever. We're already through. I just wanted to see a bit bit of something that I could get my teeth into with like the young players. Think, oh, yeah, he looks good. He's knocking on the door. And I don't think we got that from basically from any of them, really. And the senior lads who played... Um, I thought Canate was fine, Gomez was fine, Quanza was all right, no, no problem there. Harvey got better as it went on, so no problems with Harvey. I thought Curtis played the game in fucking slow motion. Might be the worst game <laughs> yeah, I've right. ever seen Curtis Jones play at any level, ever. It was horrendous. Uh, Endo wasn't great. Gakpo, I mean... Talking slow motion. Yeah, slow de gak slow. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I just don't even. He frustrates me because there's a player in there. He does things at times, and you're like, "Fucking hell, yeah." And then there's other times I'm watching. Him, I'm like, oh, "Come on, you release the ball. You, what are you just going to keep running until someone fouls you?" And then, so yeah, it was just a, it was a really just frustrating, shitty night. Um, totally deserved to lose the game. I don't think did their keeper make a save all night? I can't remember the keeper having to make a either. single save. We only had two. Oh, the one from Harvey, maybe, but that was oh, straight yeah, out of yeah. it, so. Yeah, but I think we only had three shots all night. Yeah, uh, what was the three? There was the Harvey one, the goal, and 
I, I can't remember. Um, no. <laughs> I think because I just remember the commentator saying, oh, 11 attempts on target to Liverpool's two. Sorry, not 11 on target. 11 attempts to Liverpool's two. And then and then Harvey had the one at the end. So I don't even know yeah, what the third I, one was. I don't but. know. Yeah, it was, it was bad. But, I mean, who cares, really? I mean, that's it, really, John, isn't it? Like, obviously, when you're watching it, you get a bit involved. And I, I think I was a little bit resentful that I, I had to watch it because... Because of the early kickoff, I hadn't realised. I had a really nice opportunity to go out for a bite to eat with one of my best friends today, and I said, "Oh, I see early kickoff, I can't go." So um, that's my dedication to this podcast. But overall, like it's been quite a satisfying Europa League campaign, really, hasn't it? Like if you put tonight to one side, we won the group with a game to spare, and um, job done, I'd say. Yeah, so just to confirm what Dave said, uh, uh, at this, and you at the start, Chris, I, I haven't seen the game, so obviously I'm not going to say uh, much on that. I did see the goals. Uh, the one thing I'd say, uh, I'd probably watch it uh, tomorrow because of my commitment to uh, the pod as well, obviously, and for future reference in this competition. But... Um, the one thing I would say John, in don't. defense of... <laughs> don't uh, watch it. <laughs> you don't need I, to, I honestly. To. <laughs> we know your commitment's I, there. I, I you do. don't need to watch it. <laughs> um, yeah, but I'm kind of worried that I'll get replaced by uh, Brownie for, for the uh, knockout stages, so that can't happen. He, well, he can replace me, that's fine, but please don't replace me with Brownie. Hey, Brownie messaged <laughs> me this morning, you know, John, and he went... <laughs> he sent me a message this morning and went... Uh, I'm just letting you know I'm out tonight uh, if you were going to ask me to do the pod. And I replied and I went, I wasn't going to ask you, you presumptuous twat. <laughs> I think he's just going to come and take your place, cheeky bastard. I, I know. Um, the, no, the thing I'd say about tonight, Chris, um, uh, what was the alternative? Uh, if this hadn't been a dead rubber, if we had needed to win tonight, uh, we would have all been fuming and rightly so, given the uh, the quality of us compared to the other teams and the groups in the group and uh, tonight has allowed us to uh, well not even travel with uh, I think Alison, uh, Van Dijk, uh, Trent and Mo mm. never even travelled uh, to Belgium and as much as we gave out about that early kickoff against um, uh, Palace uh, last Saturday at 12.30 uh, that, that means that they'll have had the bones of you know eight days to uh, be ready to go for what's going to be the busiest uh, 10 days of our season, uh, start with United on Sunday. So um, as frustrating as it was for, for you to watch that tonight, and by all accounts, it was really horrendous. I think uh, we got our, our, our business done, uh, obviously winning the three home games early on in the group. Um, and uh, yeah, no complaints about, about tonight. I didn't expect uh, a strong team. I was actually surprised he with a few of the the uh, the selection options, especially Canati. Endo like, as well. Given, yeah, Endo as well, because I I thought he he'd really try to uh, rest as many as possible, especially those who are going to be playing on Sunday. And I imagine Canati is going to start on Sunday, and he doesn't exactly have a great record in terms of uh, doing uh, uh, two games in uh, three days. Um, Obviously, with Maka out as well with that injury, uh, Endo is probably going to start too. So on that kind of pitch tonight, I was surprised that uh, he actually went so strong. But um, yeah, just going the back to what you said, John, is that, yeah, uh, the good thing is is that um, 
Gomez came on for Canate at half time, and Canate only played half an hour at the weekend as well, didn't he? Came on for yeah. um, came on for Quanta after the penalty was awarded. Okay, so, I, I didn't and he went off for half time yeah. as well. Yeah, well, he should be okay yeah. for that. Um, it's it's a blow that we're going to be without McAllister, it seems, for for a mm. period of time now. Yeah. that I didn't like the description of that injury. Like if you say that it went through the muscle and I hit the bone, <laughs> that, that sounds yeah. like a it was really fucking painful, and b uh, might take some healing. You know, we might not see him until after Christmas. But... I didn't like the pictures of him on his Instagram with a fucking oxygen mask on. Yeah, Did you man, see yeah. that? I was like, what? I thought he had to cut <laughs> me. Bad. What's going on? Yeah, it's not good. It's not good, and it's a shame as well because obviously he got that great goal, didn't he, against uh, uh, Fulham at home? And you know, he he did okay. Um, Was it against Sheffield United as well? Before he he got taken off, he was he had got into another uh, goal scoring position, got a shot off. So it it looked like he was kind of coming into his zone. And uh, I'd say that could be two or three weeks before we see him back. He's definitely going to miss the. Uh, the United game, obviously, and probably uh, the Christmas period as well. So, yeah, that's a shame for him. Yeah, get him back for Arsenal. That, that's the one, really. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, we are a bit sort of... We are a bit stretched now in terms of the options um, in, in midfield and at centre-back, really, considering Harvey and Curtis both played a full 90 minutes tonight, I think. Um, yeah, but played the full Curtis night. played about 20 minutes in real time, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. He's just he's he goes through these spells, Curtis, doesn't he? Where he'll have a few weeks where he looks like a world beater when he gets in this rhythm, and then he's there doesn't seem to be much middle ground with him. It's no. either sort of like you're really excited about the progress he's making, or you're concerned about how he's gonna contribute to the team. And we're currently in one of those little lulls, and I'm sure it'll come around again. He struggled with rhythm a lot yeah. lately. He's a rhythm um, player, definitely. Yeah. So hopefully, like he kicks on a bit because we, we we really are going to need uh, a big contribution from him. Mm. But I noticed at the start, Dave, you mentioned sort of Quanza among the senior players, and to me, that's a, quite a telling statement, really, to be able to look at him and class him among those players who are now yeah. have made that leap, like alongside the likes of Kurt, Curtis and Harvey. Like he's sort of in, he's he's kind of peers with them now, really, and I thought. He took his goal really, really well tonight, and he made some really good interceptions and tackles. And you know, a lot of the stuff we did at the back was pretty shambolic, really. But in amongst all that, I thought it was a, a performance to be encouraged about from him again. Yeah, uh, he's he's not really like Curtis Harvey level. Do you know what I mean? Like in terms of experience, but it kind of feels like he's not that far off. When really he's only played like a dozen games or something. He looks yeah. like someone who's played more than that, which is you know that's. That's credit to him. Like, uh, got in behind him once tonight, but I, d- I didn't think there was much he could have done about that. It was a brilliant ball, had a bit of bend mm-hmm. on it, and then the striker got his body across. And all you can do then is just not foul him. You know, the the last thing you want to do is foul him, and then it's a red card. So once like the striker got across him, there's there's nothing he can do. But that was the only time I thought he really uh, got caught out. So I thought he was one of the bright spots, really. Um, and yeah, we're going to need him because with, with Joel out now, Gomez playing fullback a bit, Canate we know was like in and out, you can't play him every game because of his fitness issues, so you know, Quonset is going to be playing a fair amount of games, um, he looks like he's up to it, but again, it it's kind of like Kelleher in a way, you know, because Kelleher probably played like maybe 20 games before the crack started to show a little bit and that's a mm. bit harsh that's not not really what i'm getting at what i'm saying is 
we don't look at him now the way we did, say, like, 12 months ago, um, where it was like, okay, yeah, we, we've not really seen too many flaws here. He looks really good. And then the more he plays, the more you start to see, like, the, the chinks in the armour. Um, so I don't know whether that will happen with Quanser or not. There's nothing that I've seen so far to make me think it will, but... You know, time will tell on that because he's just not played that many games. But I do really like the look of him. And that was a hell of a goal that tonight because his first touch is boss as well. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. such a pure, clean, powerful strike. Really good goal made up for him because he got screwed out of that goal in the the last away game, didn't he? The, uh, yeah, yeah. With that ridiculous handball. Yeah, he gets to lose. Can we talk about the offside tonight, that, that first goal? <laughs> what What's going on there? Because that's offside. And we have not seen any lines or anything, but that was definitely offside. It looked you know, it, didn't it? Yeah, sure. but the freeze frame, you're looking at that, it's not even one where you think, oh, might be offside, that it's close. It doesn't look close, it looks like clearly offside. And yeah. the fact that we've not seen any lines, um, I've seen somebody saying that they didn't have cameras, you know, for like the proper VAR check. I'm sure. like, surely that can't be right. And if that is right, why was VAR even checking for the offside if he's not got the technology to do it? It was just all a bit weird. Yeah. It's, I mean, I, I didn't quite... So I had stream problems all night with my VPN and stuff. And um, so I, I, I saw the one replay and I thought, oh, that's offside. And then when my stream came back, it was like two or three minutes later and it, it, was, it must have stood. So yeah. I didn't know whether they showed any replays or not. But what did you make of that? Like, I saw that, like, Kwanzaa stepped up a little bit. Kanati didn't. I thought Kwanzaa was right to step up. Yeah. Um. And it was Kanate. If he was playing him, if somebody was playing him on, it was him. We don't obviously yeah. don't think it was, but and then um, the, the striker goes through. Uh, Amora, I thought he was really good. By the way, I thought he had a really good game. And uh, Kelleher makes a good save, like stays upright, and then is yeah. quick to get down, pushes Unlucky. it away. Yeah, there's nothing you can do about that. And he made a really good save um, as well when the the big Swedish lad got in behind Quanta, yeah, the one that we were just talking yeah, about. Yeah. So yeah, that was a good save, that. Yeah, yeah definitely. Good. So, um, so yeah, we find ourselves one 0 down. After that, um, whether it was offside or not, and like you say, Quanta gets us back level uh, five minutes before the break, and um, it reminded. I mean, it wasn't exactly the same because Virgil's was a, a volley, but it was just another little moment where sort of his technique and his body shape and just his general being was reminiscent of Van Dyke. The way he sort of controlled yeah. that and lashed it in, it was really encouraging you because could you see Virgil scoring many... that couldn't you yeah, you could... yeah definitely yeah. I mean not many centre-halves have got that in their locker really like no. to have that level of sort of poise and technique in the penalty area to do that like I mean how many go how many games has Joe Gomez played for us and... I, I said that to me dad I was like Gomez is going to be sat on the bench going fucking bastard <laughs> eight years of being here <laughs> and you're playing like eight games and, and you've got one and you've already had one this one <laughs> Gomez but Gomez doesn't they don't let him go up for set pieces do they so how else is he it's it's going to be Maybe when he's playing right back, he's got a chance of getting in and getting a goal. But if he's playing centre back and he's not going up for set pieces, he's got no chance of scoring, has he? To be fair to him, mm -hmm. but yeah, that must have, he must have been that must have been in his head, mustn't it? When he's on the Absolutely. bench and he's seen that, he must have thought, eight fucking years I've been waiting for a goal, and this kid's <laughs> just come in and scored straight away. But he, he's a really good technically as well, isn't he, Quanza? Uh, yeah. As a footballer, you know he can. He can pass it. He can. He, he's his good touch, and it's no surprise that you know that really clean strike. He's just a really good footballer. But the one thing I'd say about him, and kind of ask you boys this question: Do you think 
uh, with Joel being out now, obviously, for the rest of the season. Uh, Canati, as Dave said, isn't reliable. Um, and Gomez has had to do a lot of covering at right back and left back this season. Do you think the club will sign somebody in January? Or will they kind of hide behind Quans uh, having such a good run and say, well, he, we've got already made a replacement? I think it'd be a big risk uh, not to buy, especially if we have a good Christmas period and we look like we could be challenging for for trophies. I think mm. it'd be it'd be a shame not to go into the transfer market, especially given what happened a few years back when we when we had Nat Phillips. Um, uh, Reese Williams and uh, Hendo and Fabinho as our first uh, four centre back choices. So Ozan I think we need to go to. Don't, don't forget him. We brought. Oh, him yeah, <laughs> Ozan Kabak. Yeah. So I'm not sure what you think about that, boys. Do you think we we, we need to spend on a first choice centre half, which a lot of people uh, called for even in the summer before the season started? Yeah, I think we should. I don't think we will. Yeah, it's cases usually. I, I'm not against the idea for sure, but you you want it to be you don't want it to be like an I mean no disrespect to Endo he's he's proved his worth a few times now and the minutes he's given us in the Europa League has allowed us to have experience on the field and and rescue players so job done there but I wouldn't necessarily want it to be like another stopgap signing that's just gonna basically take up a place in the squad. If, yeah. if I think if we sign someone, I would be looking to do what we did with say be say maybe like Gakpo and Diaz, like signings that we were planning to make, yeah. but were just brought forward if we could. Like if we could do that, then um, because I think when in those instances we have a better record when it's mapped out ahead of time than we do when we're sort of like flailing around yeah. trying to get somebody in. Um, are you what are you hearing about that? That lad from Ibiza, George's old club, Dave. Is that does that seem serious or? I don't know. It was there was a report the other day, but there's not really been any follow up on it, and it seems like it's probably just one of them names that's getting thrown out. Someone's putting two and two together and coming up with like eleven. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, he maybe fits the profile in some ways, like his age, price tag, the fact. We know him because Ibiza George was there. Canate's played with him, so he, he ticks some boxes. But um, a few people who've watched him said like he just—he's not that good. He's like he doesn't stand out. He's not bad, but he doesn't stand out as someone who you think, yeah, he's gonna go on to bigger and better things. So I don't know. We got linked with um, Leverkusen centre back as well, who we've been linked with like for years. That Jonathan Tarr, or uh, okay. sure. yeah, we've been linked with him as well. But I don't know. I, I, just our history suggests that it's going to be a transfer window where LFC Twitter's going fucking mental. <laughs> FSG out's going to be trending every day. So like every transfer window yeah, then? Yeah, it, it feels like <laughs> yeah. it's going to be like that where everyone's saying, why aren't we doing this? Why aren't we doing this? We don't do anything and then we'll probably end up winning the league anyway. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> that's what normally happens is like, we don't do something but we get away with it and, and then, you know, the... To prove right, not always, you know, they have been caught out in the past not doing stuff, but um, yeah, it's partly Klopp as well. You know, Klopp takes risks, like, if the player he wants isn't there, he'll often just say, No, I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spend money on someone I don't really want, I'll wait. Um, but it's like you said, Chris, you know, there must be a succession plan down the line for you know, but they were looking at centre backs last summer, they, they mm-hmm. couldn't get who they wanted, but mm-hmm. it was in the heads that they were, they were looking at like. Um, the Colwell from Chelsea, Van der Ven who went to Spurs, they were looking at those players. So 
it's not like they weren't thinking about it. So I think they've not, well, they, they never moved for Caldwell because he signed a new contract at Chelsea. They didn't move for Van der Ven. They let him go to Spurs, even though he's a Liverpool fan. So you think if we'd have gone for him, we'd have got him. Yeah. So there's a reason they've not done that. Probably because they've got another target, someone who they want, and he's maybe not going to be available till next summer. So they're looking at it and going, well, we've got Matip, he's, he's got another year on his contract, then he can go next year, and then we bring in the replacements. But as you said before, maybe they, they need to try to bring that forward, and whoever it is who they're looking at, do it in January. Yeah. But we were in that similar situation with Canate, and they didn't sign him in January, they waited yeah. and got him in the summer. So I, I, just, I think that's the most likely scenario is... We don't do anything, but you know, hopefully, I'm wrong. What about an uh, audacious uh, loan move for November's Premier League Player of the Month? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gosh, he's, he's is that not... Harry on the phone then? No, it's that, <laughs> that's me, Dad. Yeah, uh, yeah. November's Player of the Month. That's amazing. I like that. That happened. Absolutely amazing. So um, good. And then especially because of what happened like the day after, um, he gets the run around by Bournemouth. But uh, now uh, we've we've got to do something. But that's not <laughs> that's not something that we should be looking at. I do think someone should Speaking go for him because I, I think he's too good for Man United now. To be fair, West Ham. Yeah. He should have gone to West Ham. Yeah, he should have done. He should. Yeah. Um, speaking of your dad, um, tell us what you were telling us before he came on the air about um, his. His excitement for tonight. Yeah, he was actually looking forward to that game. He might be the only person he was. But like he said, um, he was like, I really, really can't wait for this. You know, the kids are playing. and I like seeing the kids get a chance because you know what you're going to get from them. They're going to be like right up for it. You're going to get 120% out of all the kids. And, uh, you know, some of these lads have been like waiting for their opportunity and can't wait to see them. And his, his boy, like... Obviously, Kelleher. He's, that was another thing he said. You know, I'm looking at the team. It's not bad. You know, we've got a really good goalie in there. And he's like, uh, uh, a few senior lads, but all these kids, you know, it's a chance for them. Let's see what they can do. And then each and every one of them basically just laid a massive egg, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> um, especially his boy, Bendo. <laughs> he's like, he's like, oh, I'm really made up that Bendo's playing. I'm like, it's Bendo, dad. Like, yeah, whatever. Made up he's playing. And then, like, he, by the time he got subbed, my dad's, like, just sitting there, and I can see he's, like, looking, like, so disappointed in him. And he's like, yeah, yeah, he had to go off. He was shit. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, my dad would actually have, like, Ben Doak playing, like, not necessarily starting every week, but he would have him playing in, in like, all the Premier League games instead of Diaz. Which, like... <sighs> It's more a reflection on on how, how average Diaz has been, really. That like, I mean, that's a ridiculous suggestion because Ben Doak hasn't done anything yet to suggest he should be playing. But like, you, you're all looking and going, "Oh, Diaz, you're not giving us enough. You know, we need something else." So, my dad's head, it's like, "Well, put Ben Doak in there," but I just don't think he's he's taking his opportunities when he's being given them. But no, I think he he's hasn't. a player who's going to be better when like. Coming off the bench for ten or fifteen minutes in a game which where we're on top, especially home games, where you know he's just it's going to be a case of send him on and go go on, just go and enjoy yourself. We're going to be attacking. You'll get plenty of the ball because it's in in this, the only mitigating thing tonight. And I think I've said this in, in the, the last game when he started and didn't really do nothing. 
you need to give him the ball in areas where he can face the fullback up and go at him. And how many times yeah. did he get a chance to do that tonight? I remember he had one opportunity and he absolutely skinned the fullback and he didn't get his cross too high enough and the keeper caught it. But everything else, he's getting it with his back to goal and just in, in areas where you don't really want him on the ball. So it's a difficult game for him just because of, of how we played. But the other thing is, like, it is difficult for, for kids coming into these games when, like, especially because there's a lot of them coming in together, which in one way you think that would help because they're familiar playing with each other. But sometimes they need the senior players around them for them to be able to shine. So they've not had that tonight. And also, it's like, you know, kids playing against grown men, it is difficult. Like, I remember back in my youth team days, I used to hate those Liverpool <laughs> Senior Cup games. You know, when you're playing against, like, Tranmere and Marine, and it's like big hairy-ass centre-halves, and you're just, like, a 17-year-old kid, and you're playing against grown men. It's not easy, do you know what I mean? Uh, God. <laughs> I got a bone to pick with you about that, actually. Like, just the one? There's, there's many... <laughs> Because like I've I've caught so many strays in recent weeks and I haven't had, I haven't been on to defend myself and we had like first of all there was the whole like last of the summer wine jibe about that photo of us all at the gig yeah. and first of all I do not belong in that conversation with you like first of all I'm younger I mean, you've got the I'm whitest taller. hair out of all of us I'm younger I'm taller I'm slimmer I'm better looking than all of you with whiter hair that's true but like. <laughs> But that that's that's um, that's fashionable these days. So that's I'm fine with that. And before I was ginger, so it's an upgrade for me. So <laughs> it's uh, but like I caught a bunch of shit from that. And as a result of that photo in our in our good night out, you got your songwriting abilities compared to James. And then you had Jamie Carragher vouch that you were the heir apparent to Kenny Dalgleish. I've seen <laughs> nothing from this. Like you've come out smelling like absolute roses. And I've just had a, a nightmare of a time for the last couple of weeks. Don't it's forget John fair. Walters said like that you look like you could never possibly have played professional footy as well. Yeah, no, that's from him, though. I wasn't bothered about what that fucking deadbeat had to say. <laughs> Brownie was. Brownie was fucking <laughs> yeah. seething of a fuck. The rest of us are just like, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, you got us there. <laughs> Brownie's like, what the fuck? <laughs> As as yeah. I once said to Roy Keane at Anfield, and I said the same to John Walters, fucking Irish prick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'll never forget that when you stood up and shouted that at Roy Keane, and everyone in the main stand was just like fucking pissing themselves. Nice, <laughs> nice. All right, well, I've got that off my chest now. Do you know what, though? Um, something, something else. It's a shame John go. wasn't on. No, no, it's not about me. Yeah. It's a shame that you weren't on that photo with us, John. Because if he'd have started, like, fucking running his mouth there, he'd have said, ask your mate O'Shea about that man. Third from the right on that photo. Ask O'Shea if he remembers him. And, um, John O'Shea. John O'Shea. <laughs> Gosh, don't die, dude. Um, yeah. Trader. Um, all right. Well, um... You know, continuing on the theme of your dad's boys, uh, Keller has beaten at the near post. It's a good strike to put them 2-1 up by that Puerta's lad. I thought he had a good game as well. Took it quite early, uh, placed it really well. Like, if it, you know, it's always bad to get beat at your near post, but that was precise and he hit it with some power and took it early. So I'm not really interested in analysing every single goal anymore and looking at whether Keller had made a mistake or whether Allison would have saved it. Like, it doesn't matter. It's a fucking pointless game. We lost and we move on. And uh, they had the ball not in... Allison anyway. We've all right. got to accept that, even me dad. 
And the same lad had the ball in the net um, from the other side. Really good finish for that yeah. one as well. He also took it early. That was offside. And then that big Swedish jabroni nope, up ball. front. Was that on ball? Yeah, it was oh, yeah, ball. So, yeah, yeah, it was on ball. Sorry. And then that big Swedish jabroni headed it wide. The camera cuts to Jürgen and he looked bored stiff. And that is basically the end of my notes with 25 minutes to go in the game. So you guys got anything else you want to um, talk about? No, there was just a lot of sideways passing and then giving the ball away from us, really. Um, at the very end, Keller went up for a corner, didn't he? And we had like a bit of a scramble, but that, yeah, that was it. It was yeah. nothing really. Darwin came on, got like no service, got caught offside. Uh, which is pretty standard these days. Um, mm -hmm. See, he's the most offside player in the Premier League. Is he? Yeah, yeah. But Diaz is third. Or Diaz, Diaz was definitely in the top five. But yeah, Darwin was number one. I think it was 12 times or something like that. You reckon but, that's cause it's more because we're not like really releasing the ball when we should be? And... I'd say maybe half of them are to do with that and the other half of them just not, not fucking paying attention. You know, Some yeah. of the ones he's being caught offside, it's like, you, you don't need to be caught offside there. With your pace, you just don't need to do that. So, yeah, it's a bit frustrating with the offside. I said that in the last pod. Like That is worthy of criticism. You know, I will criticise that because that's something like he should, be, he should have better control of. But there is other occasions when... He's making a run and they just don't play the pass early enough, and then with they do play it and he's a yard off. Like, but now he's got to he's got to get better on that. Yeah. But I was surprised yeah. Diaz was one of them. But then I thought, <coughs> how many of those on Diaz were actually fucking bullshit ones that shouldn't have been given, like mm. the goal, for example. The goal at Spurs, yeah. What would that, uh, what would that get put down as then? Because it's not registered as a goal. But they can't put it down as offside because it wasn't given as offside. What 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 did the stat nerds do about that? Don't know. They're probably. I think they just said. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think they just called it good process. Yeah. Cannot categorize football happening into stat that explains this. <laughs> Self-destruct. If only. That's the. <laughs> uh, uh, I was just a. Uh, yeah, obviously uh, nothing to add on the game, but I just seen a, a general comment on this uh, kind of Europa League uh, experience this season. Uh, as much as we were disappointed last season not to finish uh, in the top four, and I wrote a piece for, for the, the website uh, during the week, I think this competition um, came uh, is the perfect competition for this team at this stage of its uh, development. Uh, this season because it has allowed us to rotate and still uh, qualify for uh, the um, knockout stages quite easily. Um, it's kept uh, players uh, who wouldn't have been uh, otherwise involved, like Keller, if we had been in the Champions League, he would have only have, play, have played two league uh, cup games this season. Uh, and obviously the, the league games when Alisson was injured. So that's been important as well. Um, and uh, it's also uh, uh, the only trophy that Klopp hasn't won uh, since he came here. He's uh, literally won everything else, and uh, I, I think this one he wants to add. That would obviously he's he's sealed his uh, you know greatness in Liverpool manager terms. But to add uh, that one to to complete the collection would be. Uh, would be really good and I think we have a great chance now when you see the teams that are going to come in from the Champions League there's 
and nobody to fear. Uh, Seville got knocked out in the week as well, and that's uh, their speciality this cup. So um, over two legs, uh, which the next game will be, I think, is in March. Uh, uh, we, we should fancy, uh, I've said this before, but the European Cup, and it applies even more to uh, the Europa League, we should fancy uh, getting through over two legs against any of the teams yeah. uh, in, in this competition. I, I think it gives us a great chance. We're only... Uh, probably six games from a, another uh, European final. So uh, all in all, really successful campaign. And uh, I think we, we've seen the benefits of being able to rotate. And that's something Klopp has done really well this season um, with this competition. We've seen the benefits in the league because uh, we definitely wouldn't be where we are in the league had we uh, had uh, a Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday uh, European Cup campaign where you'd have to play uh, your uh, yeah. main players every week. Mm-hmm. Like Van Dijk would have probably played six six times. I think he only played once away against um, Lask. I'm not even sure about that. Mo obviously got a few uh, minutes in these games, but uh, apart from uh, apart from. Uh, uh, those couple of examples, we've been able to rest our main players and Trent I'm sure well, yeah. uh, Trent as well is going to uh, uh, stand us in really good stead for uh, the Christmas uh, period now. So, yeah, it's a perfect competition for us this season and uh, we have a great chance of winning the yeah. whole thing now. So, yeah. so, John, did Seville finish bottom? Are they uh, out of Europe completely then? Uh, yeah, so Arsenal finished top of that group, PSV were second, and uh, my team here in France, uh, uh, Lens, uh, they finished uh, third, so they come Len. into uh, Lens. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry for that pronunciation. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they, 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 but they still have to go through. Uh, uh, a knockout stage in February, and that's why it was really important as well for us to yeah um, to win, finish yeah. Uh, to, to win the group. Because had we finished uh, second, and we weren't far off finishing second, uh, it was only a point because wasn't it? yeah yeah to lose one, yeah. uh, so they finished on eleven points. We would have had two extra games in February, which you definitely don't want. So just be able to put this to bed now till the beginning of March and concentrate on. Uh, with mainly the league and hopefully a good FA Cup run and uh, League Cup maybe uh, semi final to come too. Uh, that's that's really good for for us for the the, the the coming months. So look forward to checking back in uh, with this competition in March. Uh, I think the the draws uh, probably tomorrow as well because uh, or next week because all the European stuff is done. So uh, we should know soon enough what the situation is there. Uh, so yeah, great chance to win. We're the strongest team in there. Uh, definitely book his favourites, and uh, I think we'll do it. Mm-hmm. But I, so I think we'll win everything Monday. this season. Monday. <laughs> it'll draw some Monday, okay? Yeah, Monday the eighteenth. Yeah. So okay. You can subscribe to the Liverpool Way podcast on all the major platforms, whether it's Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, or Podbean. Just search for the Liverpool Way, leave us a review, and hit subscribe to automatically receive all new episodes. You can also head to liverpoolway.co.uk and grab a TLW season ticket for just £3 a month. There's tons of exclusive content including match reports from every Liverpool game, weekly Premier League roundups, the TLW diary and access to the members only forum. Lastly, you can follow us on social media at the Liverpool Way on Twitter and at the Liverpool Way TLW on Instagram and Facebook.
A couple of points to pick up that you made there, John. Uh, first of all, about your column. Um, if you haven't read John's columns, he's been doing them pretty regularly on the site this season, every couple of weeks. A sort of, it's been a sort of like nice little diary in terms of our progress, uh, sort of season so far format, picking up where we're at. And um, Dave publishes them on the website, so go check them out at liverpoolway.co.uk. Um, also follow us on Twitter at the Liverpool Way. You'll see them posted there as well. So uh, definitely check those out. Definitely really good reads and uh, really sort of excellent ways to take stock of where we're at and I think it'll add up to quite a nice little um, a nice little perspective across the whole season once once it's done so definitely have a yeah. read of them um, secondly Dave John mentioned about the Wednesday Saturday Wednesday John and I were having this conversation last night actually and it sort of made us realize just how incredible that team was in 20. 122 when we almost went all the way in all of those competitions and yeah. somehow we just kept doing that like three times a week over and over and over again and I don't think we sort of appreciated just how miraculous that was from that group of players at the time and it really is little wonder that so many of them just fell off a cliff at yeah. the end of that. We took it for granted because we were so good in Europe for you know five six years whatever it was that run we had you just kind of get used to it and think that this is normal and it's not really, you know, it really isn't normal to be able to <coughs> to do that well in Europe while still competing against Man City. I mean, yeah, that season when we almost did, like, four trophies, we got two and missed out by, like, a Nats pube on the other two. And you look back on that and think, we deserved the four trophies that year. It's, like, it's so unfair that we didn't get them because it was such an achievement, what them players, like... For them to what they went through to do that, and you know, and as you say, they, they, it took a toll on some of them. The legs had gone, and you know, we've had to rebuild the team. But yeah, you look at it now, and I mean, I'm not comparing these teams with us because they're not not fit to lace our boots. But you look at the way, like especially Newcastle, like United. I, I don't think United have struggled because of the the Saturday Wednesday thing. I think they're just shit. I think they've struggled because <laughs> of shit. I think Newcastle have really struggled because of like the extra games and not not injuries as well, which is probably part of it. You know, the the, the games that they've played has caused injuries, and then they're having to play like the same eleven, well, the same ten outfield players basically every game and it's just caught up with them you know they're getting battered at spares mm -hmm. they're, they're giving like everything they've got against Milan and it looks like okay yeah they you know they've they've put up a great effort here they're going to win and then the legs go and like the ends up like losing that as well it shows you how hard it is especially if you're not used to dealing with it now we were used to dealing with it which was why we were able to manage it plus we had a, a bigger and better squad but it's not easy to do, and like John said, you know, this is the. It's actually it wasn't intentional. We didn't want to be in this competition, but we'll definitely benefit from not being in the Champions League this mm -hmm. season. I, I definitely think it will benefit our league form. It already has, and I think it, it as the season goes on, we'll see more of a, a benefit from that. Because even in the knockout stages, we should still be able to to make changes. We shouldn't have to be putting our best eleven out every game in the, in the knockouts. Whereas in the Champions League. You're probably having to put eight of your your starting eleven out, aren't you? You can't really mess around too much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean seriously as well. Like, you, I mean, we finished fifth last year, and what a waste of two fucking places for the English yeah. clubs in the Champions League this year. What an absolute waste 
both finishing at the bottom of their group. I mean, United have been given dogs abuse for it because rightly so, they had a very, very manageable group, Copenhagen and Galatasaray, <laughs> and they finished bottom of that group. I mean, fair enough. You can you can accept them being beaten by Bayern Munich twice. They're going to beat most teams at the moment. Yeah. And that's absolutely fine. But, like, for, that's, they're just a fucking disgrace at the moment. We'll get onto them later. But I've been a little bit pissed off with the way this sort of Newcastle exit has been covered, really. It's been... It's almost like, you know, imagine oh, it's like imagine them having to compete with Paris Saint-Germain, a nation state. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and I saw like in every match report it's been like, oh brave, heartbreaking, excruciating, agonizing. I thought these match reports were actually describing Jamal Khashoggi's final moments on this earth. <laughs> Not Newcastle United's <laughs> oh Champions League campaign. <laughs> Edit <laughs> No, I'm sticking with that. Just need That's to check it. with the lawyers on that, on that one. <laughs> if you see a sudden, like, you hear, like, a sudden break where there's a bit of a continuity error, then uh, Dave just had to take out an off-colour joke that I made about Newcastle's Champions League exit. But it has been a bit galling, really, to just to see how that's been portrayed. Like, fucking hell. Like, it's, it's not like the... Yeah. It's not like the frigging Shrewsbury Town going into the Champions League, is it? They've spent a shitload of money... And um, they finished bottom of the group, so fuck off. Get out. Yeah, no, I'm totally with you. <laughs> I, I said at the start of the season, um, might have even been the end of last season, actually, when like they qualified for the Champions League, it wasn't like... So if it, like I'm just trying to think of another team for for like say maybe Leeds as an example because Leeds got qualified a couple of times didn't they under O'Leary, mm-hmm. so they played in the Champions League maybe twice in the last 25 years whatever. Now if Leeds got in the Champions League, I don't think you would have had Leeds saying back where we we belong. I think they would have had a bit more self awareness. But self awareness is just a quality just completely lacking in a lot of Newcastle fans. So. There was all this narrative about like, oh, we're back where we belong. I'm like, back where you belong. You've you've played in there like maybe once or twice in like twenty odd years. And like the analogy that I used was that's like me just walking into fucking Sunningdale and just like sitting down at the bar and going, ah, back where I belong because I played there <laughs> twice. And that's a golf course, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a very very exclusive elite <laughs> golf course, which is like. Ant and Decker members there, or like you, you got to be like minted and know people to be members at that club. So, but Ant and Deck really are back where they belong then. So, yeah, yeah, but I wouldn't have been. <laughs> That's the point. Yeah. Me going to Sunnydale, I don't belong at Sunnydale just because I've played there twice. I do not belong there. I'm totally out of my comfort zone, and I've got no business being there. Really, I, I'm fully aware of that. You know, I'm in my comfort zone playing on Bootle. On Royal Bootle, that, that, that's where, like, that's my comfort zone. Not playing on somewhere like Sunningdale, but like Newcastle's attitude was like back where we belong. And then I read something a couple of weeks ago, but Jimmy Bullard, Jimmy Bullard did, did some podcast and he was talking about like his, his favorite golf course and he said Sunningdale. And it turns out like Jimmy Bullard played at Sunningdale and he's now banned from Sunningdale. Because he put a beer bottle down and put his ball on the top of the beer bottle and he teed off like off the beer bottle, but he filmed it and put it on Instagram. And then when like the people at Sunningdale seen it, they were like, "No, no, we can't have that. Like you're bad. You're not coming back." So he was like saying, "You know, I shouldn't have done it. I apologize. Like please let me back in. I love it." But I'm like, "No, he. It's more me saying I belong at Sunningdale. Is I'm I'm not Newcastle." Mm-hmm. 
Jimmy Bullard is Newcastle because the way Newcastle's <laughs> fans have acted in the Champions League, kicking off and fighting like every fucking game he played. It's like, oh no, you do not belong in this competition. You've got no business being here. It's like you just, they totally embarrassed themselves. They won one game out of six. The fans were fighting with Dortmund fans. I mean, Dortmund fans, fucking hell, Dortmund fans are sound. Yeah, Who's nice fighting with Dortmund ever. fans? Okay, Paris Saint-Germain fans. Knobheads, we know that. You know they have got an element to them. But Newcastle fans, like they were, they were looking for trouble. And, and like I'm like, no, you you do not belong in Europe. You're just embarrassing us. Just fuck off. You don't belong in the Champions League. And they're out. And I'm glad that they're not just out, but they're out of Europe completely. You don't belong in there. Take stock. Maybe come back when you when you can actually act like you've been there before. But all of this back where we belong. Fuck off. No. I just realised where uh, Ant and Deck would be going if they went back where they belong. Fucking Biker Grove. Man. Biker Grove, man. <laughs> Aye, would we spuggy? <laughs> fucking PJ, we fucking eyes, man. Aye, spuggy, man. <laughs> Little ginger spuggy. <laughs> Great show, though, wasn't it? It Biker was. It was. I actually quite like Ant and Deck, to be honest. Who? Ant and Deck, I quite like them. I can't lie. I he said Ant and Beck. Did I? <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just edit that out. <laughs> Anton Beck, the so it's Ant McPartland and that like indie singer from the nineties. Oh, <laughs> Worst duo ever. Um, I, so, I yeah. think uh, hilariously as well. This may not come to pass, but uh, because United and Newcastle uh, have got knocked out so early, the English coefficient in Europe has gone down, and yeah. it means that the fifth place team. Which Newcastle could well be. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the season. I noticed you're not saying Man United. <laughs> no, because <laughs> they got no chance. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> obviously, we get on to United uh, later, but I, I'm really positive about this season. I'm on record as saying, and as you said, Dave, I'm even more positive than uh, Paul is. But uh, for Sunday, it's them, and I'm living oh, in. Don't uh, start with that. I'm living in fear oh. as to what will happen on Sunday. So uh, we'll get can, to that. Can, we'll, we'll get to yeah. the United game. We, we haven't finished Newcastle bashing yet. Yeah. I don't think. No, definitely. But so the, the the point is that they could finish uh, fifth yeah. because, uh, well, Spurs I suppose have have a chance as well. But if they do, because they've been so shit in Europe that they won't even get into uh, the European Cup, so uh, they won't be back where they belong next season. Uh, they, they probably <laughs> won't. <laughs> I just got that. I got late to that yeah. one. So you see, what, what I was thinking about that, though, if we lose the Champions League spot, because it's supposed to be five, we might lose that extra spot, so it'll only be the top four. They will have a knock-on effect further down as well, surely, because if there was five Champions League... You're not going to lose out on a Europa League or Europa Conference yeah. spot. So they'll still be there. So my first reaction when I heard that was, <clears throat> okay, so Everton have got this nice little revival going now and like the 10 points not really affecting them and they're on like a bit of a winning streak. I'm like, How funny would it be if Everton got in like that last spot that didn't get in because like Newcastle and United had <laughs> fucked things up for all the English teams and Everton finished like eighth or something and then don't get into Europe because that spot gets taken away. <laughs> That would be the most Everton thing ever, wouldn't it? It would, if it hadn't been for financial fair play. (laughs) But there might be, might there be another Champions League spot for English teams if we win the Europa League? Yeah, I think us and maybe Villa with with the the Conference League or Brighton Mm -hmm. there in it as well. I know Brighton and the Europa or they are out Europa, yeah. So Villa or 
It's just Villa, isn't it? Because West Ham's West in the Ham. Europa as well. Yeah. So West if Villa were to conference. win the conference, oh, yeah, and then say we won the Europa, and then God forbid, City or Arsenal won the Champions League, that would probably get that spot back. I'd imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, hopefully, like we're the only the only team that wins it, and and we lose that extra spot. Yeah, there's no there's no chance no chance of Arsenal winning a, a European Cup ever. Oh, I don't know. No, I wouldn't totally rule it out. Yeah, and, and they're going to really struggle as well because come March, as you said, Dave, uh, they're going to have go full strength for the uh, uh, last sixteen in the in the European Cup, and it, that's going to really have uh, it's going to be tough for them as well to go Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday at that stage of the season, and they'll probably still be near the top of the table because they are good but that's really going to be an advantage for us having uh, City and Arsenal competing on those two fronts uh, yeah. in March and April mm. so uh, the kind of the planets are li- uh, are all aligned uh, for, for us to go really well in the second half of the season hopefully well City squad's not that big either they tend to rely on mm. that small core of players that they've got yeah. so they've not got a massive squad and Arsenal might strengthen in January. You know, there's, there's talk about Ivan Tony maybe. Uh, if, so if they bought a couple in January, they could maybe get by, mm. you know, with the extra game. So I have to keep an eye on that one, see what Arsenal do. But, yeah, um, we just need neither of them to win it because I don't want anybody getting their hands on our trophy. Yeah, definitely. Um, are we done Newcastle bashing? Uh, no, I've got one more else? thing I want to say. Um, I don't know if you've seen this or not, but... I just thought it was like just massively hypocritical. Was Callum Wilson last week uh, when they got battered by Tottenham? I Callum Wilson at the end of the game got in like a scuffle with Tottenham's goalie, and he got asked about it, and he went, he was being disrespectful. I'm not sure what he did, but like they were four 0 up, and I think maybe the keeper was just being a bit cocky, taking the piss, whatever. And Callum Wilson didn't like it and got in his face, and he's like, yeah, he's being disrespectful. I'm like, hang on a minute. No self-awareness whatsoever. You do a podcast with, with like, Antonio from West Ham. And last season, you were fucking ripping the piss out of Richarlison constantly. Which, don't get me wrong, I've got no issue with that. But when two (laughs) professional footballers are doing it, they were laughing at him because he wasn't scoring. And they were absolutely pissing themselves because he'd had, like... And it is funny, don't get me wrong... He'd had something like four goals disallowed for offside, and on three of them he took his shirt off and got a yellow card. And they were laughing their heads off that he had more yellow cards than goals, and a lot of the yellow cards were for celebrating goals and got disallowed. So it was funny, don't get me wrong, but two professional footballers taking the piss out of another professional footballer like that, and then getting all arsy about like disrespect when Richarlison scored two goals against his team, by the way. So no doubt the Spurs players are aware of all of this, and Richarlison scored two goals. So you've just got to fucking take it. Do you know what I mean? if you're giving that out, you've just got to take that and and like not not react like a little baby like that. But uh, Newcastle, the players have kicked off after the last three games. Final whistle's gone, and they've been like that fucking Joe Linton dickhead. He's usually like the main one. But keep an eye on that because I think like it could implode in Newcastle. It looks like. Things aren't great there. You know, you had that situation the other week when um, the fans were having a go at them. I, I think they, mm-hmm. it was was it Bournemouth? I don't know. They lost yeah, away somewhere. Yeah, away. they lost away, and the fans were kicking off. And at the time, like, because Trippier went over and was like 
arguing back with them. And mm. at the time, I'm like, ungrateful bastards. Those players have got you in the Champions League and, and you're kicking off. And I still stand by that. But then I've watched how Trippy has played recently. I'm like, I wonder what that fan's thinking now. He's probably thinking, yeah, come over and have a go at me again, Trippy. I'll <laughs> fucking let you have it with both barrels. Because he's been woeful lately. Some of the goals that he's given away. And it's like, if that was Trent, it, the narrative about, like, can't defend and all that. But... Other right backs make mistakes and fuck all gets said about it. Reese James, who's like about fucking 18 stone at the moment, he can't stay fit because <laughs> he's so fucking fat. Don't be comparing these players with Trent, it's disrespectful. There you go. I mean, start and end with the disrespect, I like it. Um, so, should we get on to the weekend then? Uh, I think the Newcastle bashing is done for now. We've uh, we've had a good go there. Uh, or as Paul would say, come on, lads, we've had our laugh now, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, John said there is some uh, trepidation there for him, purely because of the opposition and the, I think as well the way it's being talked up as a, as a sort of banker for us and another big win. And there's even people talking about whether we can sort of go better than last year. Um, I don't think there's been... There's definitely hasn't been a worse Man United team coming to Anfield in my lifetime anyway. Maybe, I mean, maybe the sort of like 88-ish, the whole like the team when like Michael Knighton was on the pitch doing keepy-uppies and that kind of stuff. Um, But I certainly haven't seen a United team as bad as this. But there's still, for me, that trepidation of just the the fear that it could go, just the fear that it could go wrong. (laughs) Like, it it would make it worse if it went wrong. Okay, here's where I'll take issue with with what you said there. You're saying about everyone saying about how easy this is going to be and all that. Honestly, I've seen far more people going on about how... I'm sick of people saying this is going to be easy. It's them. It's not. You know, this could go badly wrong on Sunday. I've seen far more of that on Twitter this week than I've seen people saying we're going to batter United. So I think it's gone the other way. But there's a difference. Like, there's a difference in saying what we should do to them and saying what we will do to them. I'm not going to sit here and say we're going to batter Man United. We're going to beat them like 6 7 8 0. I'm not going to say that. What I will say is we should batter them. You know, we should do. And if we don't, that's not a good result for us because they're so bad. And it's at Anfield. And given what happened last year, that'll be in their heads. You know, there's the fear factor there. Bruno Fernandes has already got himself suspended so he doesn't have that to play. That was such a disgrace, yeah. by the way. That, that's that's your so captain, by the way. That's your fucking yeah. captain doing that. So yeah. I, I said to you, like in the week, Chris, I said to you and Jules, I think 3 nils level par. So anything less than that, I feel like, I'll take it. Don't get me wrong. I'll, I'll take one nil. I'll take two nil. I'll, I'll take whatever. Three points. That's all that matters. But anything less than a three-goal victory is is like over par for me, because that's that's where I'm setting the bar as like three nil. Like that. That's where the starting point should be. Because this is the worst Man United side in my lifetime, and I'm not saying this is our best team in my lifetime. It's not far from it, and we're not playing great at the moment. But it's Anfield. We've got like a really great home record. We score loads of goals. We've got a few injuries, but nothing that we shouldn't be able to deal with. Man United have got a lot of injuries. They've got a lot of proper shit players in that team. And as I say, we should be winning that handsomely. Whether we will or not, I'm not prepared to say that. But I can I can quite comfortably say we should batter them because they are shit. And I don't think there's anything wrong in saying that. Now, people who are like saying, 
we're going to do this, we're going to do that. Well, yeah, you can end up with egg on your face. I'm not going to end up with egg on my face by saying we should do that. Because if we don't do that, well, then that's on our players then, isn't it? And if we don't beat Man United, they should be five a week's wages because that's how fucking bad United are. <laughs> we should be winning that game. There's no excuses if we don't. Mm-hmm. My concern, I guess this is just the, the, the fear in me and the sort of um, the, tr- the childhood trauma coming back that if we sort of concede first, as we all want to do at the moment, John, and then Anfield gets a bit tetchy and we haven't been playing well anyway and... You know, I've had a lovely trip home the last three weeks. Um, it's been just really, really wonderful. And I'd hate to go back on Tuesday having um, having come away from Anfield with a not positive result there. Um, and yeah, I'm just going to reserve my um, hubris until after the game on Sunday. And hopefully we can laugh about how shit they are then. Yeah, I, I'm in the same uh, boat as yourself, and Chris. And it goes back to... That whole uh, whole uh, childhood uh, trauma stuff. It's it's not even the team because they are shit. They, 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 it's the worst United United team uh, that I've seen. Um, it's the club and you know what they represent. Uh, United when they uh, when we've played them over the years, um, and it's just kind of taught us, I think, to be very circumspect and uh, saying that we're going to do this and that. But I, I do agree with Dave that you, you can use. Uh, should so we should in all logic if you just strip away the whole uh, trauma element uh, there's several factors um in our favor one of them is obviously um anfield at uh half past four i think kickoff is it on sunday yeah. so uh it's not one of those um uh, midday kickoffs which you know Full they lights. can be uh, yeah floodlights the it's going to be the biggest crowd uh, yeah the two year are going to be there as well uh, since 1973 and so in 50 years I think they're going to be 57,000 in the ground uh, the app is going to be rocking as well you know it's Christmas time everybody's in pretty good mood before the game anyway uh, everybody will have will have had a, a few ales and the place be rocking so there's no uh, excuse uh, for the players to be on the back foot uh, we've been really sluggish in obviously tonight is, is is different but against Palace last week and uh, even against Sheffield United uh, we we're really sluggish in in the first half or even longer against uh, Palace so that won't happen uh, the, the crowd won't let it happen and the vital thing on Sunday is uh, to get that first goal if uh, we do uh, it, it it could be uh, it could be a, a handy win but if we do go behind then the fact that the, the place uh, is full to the rafters uh, it can turn the other way with the crowd getting on players back and players get kind of te- uh, kind of uh, nervous and make mistakes so uh, a good start is even if we don't score uh, early on I think we need to go uh, go at them straight away and uh, don't show them any respect is the big thing for me uh, just mm-hmm. um, yeah, take them on uh, run at them uh, we've played some really good football this season um, in patches and uh, we need to we need to be more consistent over the course of the season but uh, yeah on, on Sunday just go at it from from uh, kickoff and uh, hopefully if we can get that uh, first goal then we, we should do the business and as Dave said as well our record at Anfield this season uh, in all competitions is uh, is spectacular I think we've won 11 out of 11 we've won 7 out of 7 in the league uh, more often than not we score uh, 3 goals in our home league games uh, so 
all that kind of logical stuff uh, does make me um, optimistic, but there is that kind of thing, nagging doubt in the back of my mind about, um, you know, uh, United just coming in and uh, Onana uh, saving everything that uh, that's hit at him and uh, just it being one of those days, but uh, hopefully they'll be able to send you back uh, on the plane on Tuesday, uh, Chris, with, with a really good result. And uh, if we win, we're uh, guaranteed to be top of the table as well for uh, that Arsenal game on the 23rd, which is uh, significant as well. Psychologically, they'll be coming to Anfield uh, not as uh, table toppers, but as uh, challengers. And that, that becomes a kind of a six-pointer then. If we can beat them, that puts some uh, daylight between us and them. So, yeah, the next uh, 10 days is going to tell a lot about the uh, for the rest of the season. Yeah, you know, it's just a quick point there. I agree with that, but... If we concede first, I'm not worried about the crowd. We've conceded first in a lot of home games. And it's a long time since the crowd have really got, like, tetchy when we've been behind. You know, I, I don't. I, there was a time when that was happening quite a lot. I don't really think that happens anymore. I don't think the crowd does get edgy. I noticed it against Fulham a bit. Nah, not, not badly, though. I mean, not you badly, just might but... be You might just be sitting by knobheads. Like, just, like, it wasn't, like, something... Bro, where, like, bro. Brownie sits on the other side of the cup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't. You, you're going to get like occasional, like random people like getting edgy and shouting stuff. But I don't feel like there's been times in the past when you can sense the whole mood around the ground when we're getting beat, and like the crowd is just waiting to just explode on on like the scapegoat who gives the ball away. Whether it like Lucas is the obvious one who springs to mind. Like in those days, if we'd be getting beat, and then as soon as Lucas gave the ball away, that was the cue for like the moment to kick off. Yeah, yeah. There's always been like some players like that, but I don't really. I think Klopp's kind of. I don't want to say educated because that's not the right word, but um, the Klopp's kind of drilled that into the fans a bit. Where because he, you know, he he's not scared to turn around and and like shout, shut the fuck up when when like the main stands are like moaning <laughs> on a player. He's done that loads of times. I've seen it happen. Um, but I don't think it happens anywhere near as much. And I think a lot of that's to do with the fact that we have come from behind so many times when we've been getting beat. So I don't think the element of panic's there as much because we're used to it. We, we concede first quite a lot and we usually find a way to get it done. So if we do concede first to United, I don't think like the crowd's going to... Maybe if you get to like 75 minutes or something and we've been trailing for an hour and not look like scoring, then it's going to happen. But I don't think there'll be like any sense of like panic just because we go behind. Um, Not because it's against them and because of what's expected. Um, I still, I still don't really think that. I, I don't know. We'll see. But okay, yeah, we'll see. I don't want to do. I don't want to do our fans a disservice by claiming that's going to happen, even if it does. I think it, a couple of good points that John made there is that like having those extra fans in the grounds will be great for a number of reasons because I feel like we've been sort of. Not that that end of the ground has historically made that much racket anyway, but um, it'll be nice having the wall of sound sort of enclosed again and not hitting those empty seats at the other end. And the fact that having a few more thousand people in in that top tier will hopefully drown out the horrible fucking sound of those nasty, noise. horrible, yeah. nasty, <laughs> nasty, dirty <laughs> bastards. Yeah. So yeah, um, you know that that's a, a major bonus as well. But I think the key, the key is obviously the first goal. They're they're so incredibly fragile at the moment and yeah. weak that if we get that, and then the crowd does get up, then it could it could just as easily go on and be be anything again in terms of in terms of the scoreline. Yeah, I, another point John made there. 
about the goalkeeper. And he said, you know, he's like saving everything that shot. And well, I think for him to be making all of the saves, they pretty much would have to be straight at him because anything that's not straight at him tends to be going in. Now, the one worry there, which I, I do have in the back of my mind, is what if that absolute bum has like the game of his life on Sunday, which it's not inconceivable that like he will have one of those fluky days where like he just pulls off like loads of saves and somehow like you know it, things go against us, but. I just see it. I think it's really unlikely for that to happen. And mm -hmm. I think he's going to be having to do a hell of a lot of work because they're not good defensively. They don't work particularly hard. Um, you know, I, I just I don't really see anything to, to make me... And, you know, for whatever, like, Bruno Fernandes is or isn't, and he was an absolute disgrace at Anfield last season, by the way, but he is like their most creative player, and if it's a set piece around the box, maybe he's like he's someone who, who is capable of doing something. So it's a big miss for them him not being there. Mm -hmm. Now whether he done it deliberately or not, who knows? But I, you've got to remember, like last year at Anfield, he was pissed off because he didn't get subbed. He wanted yeah. to be subbed, remember? And like Ten Hag took other players off, and he was fuming. I'm like, that's your captain, and he's wanting to be subbed because the team's getting battered. It just tells you like a, a lot about the culture at that place, and when you've got somebody like that as your captain, you've got problems, you know. And they, they, they have a history. That didn't uh, Pogba do that a few years ago as well at Anfield? He 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 walked after he got ten minutes sent or so. Off in the five nil on purpose, didn't he? He came on at half oh, time. Oh, that was, was it. On the yeah. for about yeah. eight minutes. Yeah, yeah. Sent off. Yeah. So they they have a history of this as well, especially with us. So yeah, didn't he put Cater out for a few weeks with that tackle? Mm -hmm. Well, that would just have happened that, anyway. Yeah, but that was in like his probably his best spell of form. Remember yeah, that? He was. was fucking brilliant in that game, Scored wasn't he? Scored the opener, didn't he? Yeah, he was quality. And then, yeah, he's on the receiving end of that tackle, and then we just we never saw that Nabby again, did we? But uh, yeah. now I, I think like they've got some talented young players, but I don't think they've got any kind of leadership there to to bring out the ta like you know the the potential in those players like you look at like our young players like Harvey and he's got Mo as his mentor and he's got like yeah. before that like well Curtis has said himself he had like Milner and Henderson and Genie when he first came in um <coughs> I don't think United's young players have got any culture setters or anything like that and you know there was that story last week I don't know if you've seen it like they were um they were talking about it on that like the the overlap show like Neville and Keane were fuming about it. And, uh, Matic uh, done an interview last week, and he said the the culture was terrible. He was the captain there, and he was basically saying, you know, I, I tried my best, but <laughs> I was fighting a losing battle because he said players were turning up late all the time, and he, the two he named as the worst culprits was Pogba and Sancho, and he said like they weren't bothered because the fines went into this pot. And the players wanted to use this. It was 75 grand in the pot from fines. And they wanted to use it to have a party in London. And Matic was oh like, God. that money should be going to charity. You know, the fine money should be used for local charities. And some of the players were pissed off because they wanted it to be used for like a fancy party in London. I'm like, if that's the, the, the type of characters that you've got in, in the club and there's nobody there who's like got the authority to just overrule that and stamp it out and say, no, that's not how we do things. What are you expecting? Yeah. And Ten Hag certainly doesn't, does he? He doesn't have any gravitas about him whatsoever. No. He's he in the, since that seven now. 
he has shrunk beyond all recognition. Not that he was that imposing anyway, but he just looks like a little scared man on the t- a little scared bald man on the touchline yeah. now. And it, yeah. it's difficult if you look at the, the injuries that they've got. It's difficult to look at what kind of team they're going to be able to put out this weekend. Even it might actually be to benefit them in a certain way if they have to put in like a, a bunch of young fearless kids that are going to run their bollocks off and yeah. you know be determined and get behind the ball and chase everything and make life difficult for us at least in that respect you know you look Rashford's ill Martial's injured Shaw is out Maguire's out Casemiro is out Mason Mount is out the butcher's Lindelof. out isn't he <laughs> yeah yep and you don't really look at any the of butcher. those lads anyway <laughs> like it's, it's not necessarily that you know it would almost be better for us if some of those lads were playing so yeah. You know, I don't know enough about their their depth to know what type of team they're going to put out on Sunday anyway. So Johnny Evans and a load of kids. <laughs> oh, man, <laughs> maybe they can get a shit back, John. What do you reckon? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he could do a job for them on Sunday. I reckon. He's uh, where is he? he? Is isn't he with um, uh, Rooney uh, on Rooney's staff at Birmingham now? I don't know. I, I, th- I think they're best mates. He is, he's not going to be there long. No, he's, he's on borrowed time. <laughs> Maybe he'll yeah, replace well. Ten Hag. Give it Rooney Maybe, till end yeah. of season. <laughs> Give it gigs there. <laughs> <laughs> that golden generation of of uh, England players haven't really done very well in management, have they? When you think about it, no. General you know, like Rooney. And, Terry. Do you hear Terry crying this week? Like about not having any he's basically crying because he's never going to be Chelsea manager and he's done like he's interviewed for a bunch of Premier League clubs and a bunch of league championship clubs and league one clubs and he's like he's never even been given a job and he's practically crying about the fact that he's like he's not been given the opportunities to it and I was like are you fucking nuts mate like you're one of the the richest footballers of your generation and you're crying about that like you know get the fucking get what you can dude assistant manager job you're you're a fucking dumbass no one's going to give you a goddamn <laughs> managerial job at a top the club chairman of all these clubs are probably worried like what he's going to do with the wives precisely be careful with john terry but yeah, I, I, I think though if you're john terry you're entitled to look at it and go well hang on a minute if frank lampard can get jobs why can't i get jobs mm. and i think that's fair but he was he was assistant to someone. Was he Dean Smith's assistant or yeah, at Villa? Yeah. yeah, 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 he was. But that that Chelsea job and maybe Newcastle as well because of the way the Saudis do business. Uh, th- those two jobs could well be up for grabs by the yeah. end of the season. I don't think Pochettino is going to to stay in the job much longer. That that Chelsea owner is crazy at the best of times, and the way they're going at the moment, he could easily sack uh, Pochettino. She said and, uh, the, the answer to, like, Pochettino said, like, you know, they were asked, what, what do you need to do? And he went, we need to buy more players in January. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. I'll tell you what we haven't spoke about. Um, it just reminded me when you said about the new stand, like that thing the other night when they had like the test event for the new stand. Uh, that was ace. Klopp's, do we reckon Klopp was pissed? Yeah, I reckon he was definitely. He I definitely had a reasonable yeah. chance because yeah. yeah. the stuff he said. It's like because he he surely didn't think this is just between me and you. <laughs> this is not going to get out. 
there's li- literally <laughs> there's literally the club uh, LFC TV is uh, uh, recording this because the guy with the microphone is on the pitch and there's 7,000 7, 7, people. people with phones <laughs> all points his <laughs> and he's like yeah what a lucky escape we had with that guy Saint Alan Lavia <laughs> it was weird it was, I don't think that's what weird. he was saying it was I don't think that was what he intended he I actually think he said he said, uh, we got so lucky, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> How are you interpreting that? When he said, these defensive midfield players, you didn't want to come here. And he went, my God, did we get lucky, ha, 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 ha. How else are you going to interpret that? It Just was... him bigging up his his players that he's got, as he no, always does. No, it wasn't that. It wasn't yeah. that. It was, it was, right. he was bigging up Endo, in fairness. He was, like, saying he wanted to be here. And, you know, so he's, he was doing that. But it was clearly a case of... Yeah, you turned us down and fucking look at you now and wait off of the league. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. But it's um, not like so him to to say something like that. That that's why it's it was. Not. Yeah, it was, that's yeah. why it was really. It was funny. Don't get me wrong. It was hilarious, but it was surprising that he actually said that. Maybe he's out of fucks finally. Yeah. After everything that he's yeah. been thrown at him this season with the the Spurs game and the touchline bans and everything else, maybe he's just completely out of fucks. I tell you what was uh, taken out of context though. The, that stuff wasn't that he meant exactly that. The Burnley stuff was not how he meant it. Like it's been interpreted. I've seen people going, "Oh, does he think he is? He's basically calling Burnley a shit all night." That's not what he was doing. He was just saying Burnley away is not where you want to be on Christmas Day because it's traditionally it's like it's always seen as one of the like Stoke away. You know, it's like yeah. one of the places you don't want to go. You know, it's going to yeah. be like a tough game. The crowd's going to be right on you and all that. He was just saying that's not how I want to spend my Christmas as, as, as Burnley away. He wasn't meaning, oh, what a horrible place to be going. It's a shit hole. That's not what he meant, but that's how. He's right, like. Yeah, but that's not how he meant it. I mean, whether it's, <laughs> whether it's true or not. But I think, like, that was taken out of context. It wasn't what he was saying. But the um, the other stuff, it was now he was clearly talking about them players who turned us down. All right, fair and and Caicedo's been shit, and Levy's been injured the whole time. So, yeah. you know, it's bad decisions by then. Fair enough. I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't disagree with you there. Um, what do you think the team will be on Sunday, John? Uh, Alisson, obviously, thankfully. And he's, I mean, he's come back from uh, way quicker than any of us hoped. He was slated to come back against United when he originally got that injury against uh, City. But obviously, he played last week against Palace. Thankfully, he did because he's... Again, being decisive, mm-hmm. um, made two uh, a match sa- a match winning save in the last minute, and obviously that one in the first half is an unbelievable stop. Um, given of, on what you've said tonight about Konati, uh, obviously he's going to to start. That's why he was taken off tonight with uh, back four then of uh, Trent who will come back in and play the inverted midfield role. Obviously um, Virgil uh, Costas. Um, it's Good kind of, of from also, yeah. So. yeah, that's great too. Um, from there on, it kind of gets a bit tricky because uh, the the injury list is um getting longer and longer. Um, obviously Dom is going to play, um, and then it does does Endo play as you know sitting yeah. in front of that back four? I think. I think he um, will. He probably only played the first half tonight. Yeah, so, yeah. And then the third uh, midfielder, 
I mean, it's not based on tonight, uh, but based on what he's done this season, uh, based on what he did also last weekend against Palace, I think Harvey definitely is in is in with a shout of well he should be I think be in with a shout of starting but uh, I think he deserves but he just seems to fancy him much more and in fairness uh, you can't argue with Klopp on this uh, coming off yeah. the bench because he's so good when he comes on around that 55 uh, 65 minute mark and he's made such a difference in so many games this season um, so it'll probably be uh, will Gravenberg start maybe yeah. with Dalman Endo in the middle of the park and then uh, up front, uh, Diaz. You've got to go with Nunes against these. Um, he's he, he could fill his boots. I know we've said that a lot, but given how open they are, he's going we'll to get be chances. right eventually. One yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Stop. yeah. The digest. last uh, the last nine <clears throat> podcasts we've, uh, we've struck, yeah. <laughs> struck out. So hopefully, ten times a charm. So yeah, Diaz uh, on the left. He's not being great, but uh, he has to start. Uh, Nunes and Mo. So that's the team I go with, and yeah. with a, a pretty strong bench as well. Then you've got Gakpo who can come on. Um, uh, who else uh, at the Harvey back? We're pretty uh, Harvey Curtis, and then at the back, obviously uh, with uh, Gomez, um, Kwanzaa if, if if he's called upon. So yeah, we should have enough to uh, even if things aren't going away uh, in midway through the second half, we still have uh, plenty of quality uh, on the bench. Uh, Gakpo as well one lad I really would love to see back uh, like all of us I think as soon as possible is uh, uh, Jota um, he's just so uh, good for a goal every time he plays and uh, he, well we're playing Arsenal soon aren't I we I so he's close he, you know he... yeah he's close Yeah, and he has such a good record against Arsenal yeah, as well yeah. uh, so I hope he's back for the Christmas period have we got a midweek um, game next week West yeah, we have that West Ham oh, the court game, yeah, yeah. The cup game uh, on Wednesday, yeah. Right. West Ham at, at Anfield. So yeah, it's going it's going to be good. Uh, good week at Anfield. Three games in the space of uh, uh, seven days. Uh, United on Sunday, then West Ham in the potential potential to get to League Cup semi final if we win, and then top of the table class a clash against Arsenal. So it's 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 going to be a a really intense week, but if we come through it on skate, uh, it sets us up really well for the rest of the season. Yeah. So yeah, yeah that's the team. That's the team. That. I yeah, that's mm-hmm. the team I go with anyway. I think that'll definitely be the team. And yeah, Harvey deserves a start, but he's not going to get it because he played ninety minutes tonight. Uh, plus, as much as Harvey deserves a start, I think like this is the role which he's having such an impact from that role. For now, I'm happy to keep him in that role. Mm-hmm. And yeah. eventually, like he's not going to be in that role. Eventually, you, you are going to like move him into the starting lineup if he keeps playing like this. But it's such a good weapon to have. Like he comes on and he just turns the game. He just picks up the tempo of everybody. Yeah. And he was asked about that, like in the in the press conference and that, and he just said, like you know, he's sitting there and he's watching the game, and he's watching like what the other team are doing, but also what yeah. our players are doing. And he's like, where's the space? So he's kind of like taking it all in. And when he comes on the pitch, that one thing that he is doing, he's in space all the time. He's just drifting into these little pockets. And I watched um, I watched the match of the day analysis today. And maybe for like the first time ever, I was actually impressed with something that Jermaine Genesis said. Was, he, was, he was good. He was, he was highlighting how like he was giving us the overload. He was just making sure wherever, wherever the ball was, he was giving us that extra man. 
mm-hmm. the overloads overloads on the right hand side and that's how he did the damage against Crystal Palace. It was just getting into these pockets and give. And we had the extra man anyway because they had the player sent off, obviously, which makes it easier. But he was looking around when he when he get the goal that he scored last week. When the ball's played to him, before the ball reaches him, he looks over his shoulder and he knows he's in space, and then he goes. So, I think like I'd keep him in that role for now. I'd keep him there um, because it's such a good weapon to have. And I think the fact he played the full game tonight suggests he's going to be back on the bench. I said this um, maybe five or six weeks ago when I think the three of us were on the pod and I sort of referenced the um, the NBA sixth man mm. sort of deal. The, the guy who's yeah. good enough to start but he but he plays on the bench just because of the difference he gives you. And they call it sort of like with the second unit and um, there's a real sort of, there's a real pride to be taken in, in that role and making that difference. And, and Harvey, since that point, he's done it like five or six more times for us. So, and yeah. time is on his side as well. We we talk about this all the time. Time is on his side. You know, he, I don't think he's yet reached his twenty first birthday, has he? So, no. um, we can afford to be a little bit patient with him, and he can afford to be a little bit patient. And um, he seems like such a level headed kid, and um, his heart's in the right place. It's right there with all of us, and he's he's such a team focused lad. Um, learning from all these, all these, you know, top pros around him and stuff that I don't really feel like he feels like he's like missing out that much at this point. No. So and yeah, who would definitely. bet against him being like the the match winner again on Sunday if if it came down to that? But I wanted to maybe close out by going going on that one with you, Dave. Who's going to win this game for us on Sunday? Um, I'm going to see Darwin, aren't I? Yeah. I do think. I don't know why you asked. It, at some point it's going to happen and yeah, Sunday's the perfect time for it, but I don't think it'll be just that one, I think we'll win by a few goals, so okay. um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it I think we'll win, I'm not going to give score predictions because stuff like that can come back to bite you in the arse, but I think we will win comfortably without it being a rout Okay, I think we'll win but it'll be tight, I think they'll um They'll keep it. They'll put ten men behind the ball as much as they possibly can. They'll defend really deep, and they'll make. There's zero expectations on them to actually come out and try and play football on Sunday. I think they'll mm. do their do their damnedest to just. Their whole mo is going to be, we cannot get battered here. Every anything else can happen, but we can't get battered. We can yeah. we can gallantly lose, you know, one or two nil if we run around a lot and we put in a good shift and you know we don't do anything embarrassing but the one thing that they can't do is get battered and I don't think uh, they will just because of the history between these two clubs and I think that they'll they'll be able to sort of negate the idea because last year they came in like dick swinging didn't they like yeah. all cocky yeah. you had fucking Gary Neville and Roy Keane smirking and laughing at Sunes on the sidelines mm-hmm. Um that's another point I wanted to reference to you, actually. Like, you keep telling me to listen to that overlap podcast with uh, with Neville and Carragher and Wrighty and Keane, and they had Yap Stam on it this week. And every time I see a little clip of it, like, on social media and stuff, Neville has got, like, about at least three little horrible, snipey, mank things to say for himself. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think I could tolerate that all the time. Like, there was a thing... <clears throat> they were talking about the final in Istanbul. I'm getting away off track here. They are talking about the final in Istanbul, and... Carrier came out and goes, oh, we, we were a bang average team in reference to one of the greats, um, you know, one of the greatest teams ever. And Neville's like, oh, no, you're not a fucking bang average team. And then, like, he was talking about 
the rumours that Yapstan were, and the Milan players were celebrating in the dressing room at half time and Neville was like I was celebrating and it's just like it's, it's just fucking constant just, like, like, how did you put up with him it's worth it just oh for Roy Keane Roy Keane's boss and, and Ian Wright as well you know, like the dynamic between them two is great and yeah. Carter's always chipping in with funny stuff and like playing them too off you know it's it's just it's really good i enjoy it you just have to tune neville out really just I trying not to pay it. attention yeah. to him but now it's, it's like, like the Yapstam one was yeah. really good Yapstam was sound um i liken it to like i'll be like sort of like sat down in like the florida keys and stuff and i'll be in a hammock and maybe i'll have my guitar and a beer and I can hear, you know, the waves crashing around me. His life is good. And then this little <laughs> mosquito comes and, like, bites me on the fucking arm or something. Like, you just can't ignore it. It's just there picking away at you the whole fucking time. Ugh, God, no. Um, Chris, uh, speaking about Cara, who's on that uh, overlap show, I, I saw you put uh, up last night on uh, Twitter uh, and completely agree because we got some of that footage uh, uh, here as well. Uh I, is it CBS Sports and Cara, Thierry Henry and uh, Mika Richards that, that's really good as well some of the stuff they, they do with that uh, female presenter I don't know yeah. her name you were saying that uh, yeah yeah. and I, I think you have that in, in the USA obviously mm-hmm. uh, yeah, every nice. week and it's really well uh, done that program too, so um, they, they just they just bounce really well off each other so um, it, it's nice for you to be able to have that uh, compared to some of the uh, the European Cup and the Europa League coverage we get over here. So, yeah, CBS are doing a really good job with that. So, yeah, and it's all the better for them not having Gary Neville. So, um, yeah, yeah. Um, John, just to just to close, uh, we I've I've sort of said where I think it might be won. Dave has. Where do you think the game might be won and lost on on Sunday? Um, I I think Diaz is your big game. Uh, he's obviously been through so much so uh, in, in the last few few weeks um, but uh, he, he's been poor uh, and hopefully uh, he finds a bit of form on um, uh, Sunday but I, I think where it's going to be one is uh, by somebody who always produces the goods against United and that's uh, Mo he has a fantastic record against him he, he can reel up uh, whether it's at Anfield or Old Trafford when we beat them uh, 5-0 there uh, he was fantastic obviously there's that um, iconic goal he got I know you were there that day Chris I think it's probably one of your favourite Liverpool goals uh, when Alisson uh, found him and uh, he ran through and uh, off with the short celebration um, last season when we beat them 7-0 he scored as well so um and he, he's a man for the big day, isn't he? So I, I think yeah. he'll uh, he'll come up the goods. I mean, he's been fantastic this season. He's uh, he's our top scorer. Uh, in he scored in the league. He scored uh, loads in the league. He scored in Europe too. Uh, and I reckon that uh, he'll uh, he'll do the business for us on uh, on Sunday. And hopefully Darwin will come good because uh, it's been a while. Uh, I think that the last time he scored was on the first November against. Uh, oh, Bournemouth in the League Cup, so he really needs to uh, get a goal, any kind of goal, just to get uh, back on track. Because uh, the longer it goes on, the more the narrative around him uh, struggling is going to is going to build. So, uh, yeah, I, I think Mo could be the the difference on uh, on Sunday. But yeah, the front three really need to link up. Uh, way better than they did against uh, Palace. They are poor against Palace and hoping that they'll do the business uh, this weekend. 
Yeah, nice. We've, most of them have had a good rest anyway, so um, yep. and they'll, they'll have been working on that most of the week, I, I guess, compared to preparing for this game. So, um, yeah, plenty to be hopeful about there. Uh, Dave, anything you yep. want to add before we wrap this one up? No, no, I think we're all done. No, good stuff. Well, um, we'll be back after the Man United game on Sunday evening. Um, obviously, we're all looking forward to that. One of the highlights of this or any season, um, regardless of how well the respective teams are doing, uh, biggest fixture in world football, regardless of how the two teams are doing, you could argue. So, yeah, um, we'll be looking forward to getting back to you after we've been at Anfield on Sunday. Let's hope the lads do the business. Uh, until then, we'll catch you soon. best word I can say but uh, will describe this was boom. <laughs> 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 Ooh, what was this? It was really good.